We started a series last week called At the Movies. And last week, I talked about uh, the movie Miracle, the 1980 United States hockey team, how they took down the giant of the Soviet Union hockey team. And, and I kind of correlated that to the story of David and Goliath in Scripture and how David took down the giant and how we can take down giants in our lives, but there's do's and don'ts. Well, this week, we are continuing in our series at the movies, but we have a guest speaker. And um, I just... Uh, I have a little introduction for you. This, he told me to say these things, so, like, don't blame me. So the first thing, uh, his favorite movie is The Notebook. It's The Notebook. Um, he once ate 20 hot dogs in an hour, okay? And he's a collector of rare birds and has a pet dolphin named Chachi. Give it up for Brandon Pine as he comes up. Give it up for him. I'm just kidding. I made all that stuff up. Brandon, do it, man. Wow. You know, I don't have a pet dolphin named Chachi, but I wish that one was true. I'm sure that would be a lot of fun. Now, I'm glad to be back at Anchor Church. You know, it's like a second church family. So whenever I get the, the message or the call text from Pastor Ryan, I'm like, will you come? For sure. Like, I'm excited to be back here. So... He asked me which movie, and I was like, of course, is Star Wars taken because I have to do Star Wars? You want to talk about Hollywood classic? It didn't even make the sermon difficult. So we're going we're gonna to hop right in. Let me begin with a short prayer. Lord, thank you for your word. I pray that we would be able to receive what you have for us this morning, that we would be obedient to your word, and that we would live, out, live our lives to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I was nine years old, I was in New York City for Christmas Eve and Christmas at my grandma's house. And there is one thing I wanted, and I opened all my gifts. It wasn't there, and then they brought out the last gift. Anybody, anybody's parents ever did that where like they hid the last gift in the closet. It wasn't under the tree because they knew it's the one you really wanted. And so when they brought it out, I saw the shape of the box and I was like, yes. And I, I tore into it and it was, it was one of these. You got a picture of it right on the screen. It was a toy lightsaber. That was the gift of the year when I was nine. I mean, it was one of those that like lit up in the dark and it like, you pressed the button and you like shook it and it like telescoped out. It was awesome. I love that thing. Mine was green. I wish I still had it. Today, we're going to be talking about how God empowers us to fulfill his mission. So, so the Jedi have these powers, right? The Jedi are powered by the force which allows them to fulfill the mission to protect the galaxy, to do what they are meant to do and called to do. But we have someone, we have the Trinity, the third person of the Trinity as believers that empower us to fulfill God's mission. He gives us his Holy Spirit to fulfill his mission. And today we're going to talk about three, three specific things that the Holy Spirit does for us that allows us to actually fulfill the mission, which is to go make disciples. 
three, the Holy Spirit does a lot of things through and for us, but we're going to focus on three of them today. And the first is that the Holy Spirit gives us a deep burden for the lost. God desires to have a relationship with his creation. That's you and me. The Spirit of God is always in perfect unity with the Father. It's his Spirit. So when his, spirit, when, when his heart is for those that are lost, right, he leaves the 99 for the one. If his heart is for the lost, then his spirit within us, if we're filled with his Holy Spirit, is going to begin to look like that. To, we're going to begin to have a burden and a passion for the lost. So he gives us a deep burden for the lost. I want to read a scripture for you that, that echoes this, and it's Romans 9, verse 3. Romans 9, 3 says, For my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed and cut off from Christ if that would save them. This is the Apostle Paul. I mean, we're, we're talking about what a sacrifice. He's saying if that would save people so that they wouldn't go to hell, I would trade in my salvation card. That's a burden to see people come to know Christ. I was watching a show called FBI, and there was a father, son, a small family, father, son, and a mother, and there was a, they had a young boy about eight years old, and the little boy had a health condition, and he needed a surgery or he would die. But because of their immigration status or something and lack of insurance and all these things, he couldn't get the surgery, and he was just slowly fading away. And so in order to save his son, the father goes and he takes a bunch of people hostage, and he tells the FBI, I'll let the people go once my son gets the surgery. Take him to the hospital, get him in surgery, I'll let these people go. And he told, the father told the wife, I know what's going to happen to me. Like, I don't care what happens to me as long as our son is saved. So willing to, knowing he was going to go to jail, willing to completely sacrifice himself as long as his son was saved. And we see, we see this here, and we're going to see this so as we see there, we see Finn's willingness, right, to save everybody. He was willing to sacrifice himself. But just as it didn't happen there, in Scripture, Paul's saying he's willing to sacrifice himself so that someone else is saved. But it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You can't just hand your card to somebody else, and they, they get to go to heaven and have eternal life, right? They have to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior willingly. But this shows how deep our burden can be, right? If you're like me, I can say to God, like, God, I really do care for the lost. But reading this verse challenged me in a new way, thinking, do I love the lost this much? Do I care for people that don't know Jesus this much? Is my burden for lost people this strong that we read it in Romans 9.3? No wonder the Apostle Paul did what he did for the Lord. No wonder he did what he did for, for Jesus. Willing to go to hell to save people. No wonder he wasn't scared to stand up in the courtyards and preach the gospel. Because if he's, if he's willing to die for it, if he's willing to go to hell for it, why, why would he care about being arrested or thrown in jail or beaten or eventually martyred? Because he knew he was going to heaven, but willing to go to hell. 
If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down or take a picture of this, the next slide. If your heart reflected this verse, Romans 9.3, how would you live differently? We can read in Scripture how Paul's life, Saul to Paul, changed when this verse took over his heart. How would you live differently? It's only by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life that, our, that we can match this type of burden for the lost. Right, your mission as a church to make Jesus known. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit to make Jesus known. We, we can't do it on our own. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit to make Jesus known. And this statement is echoed in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. So let's go there. Let's turn to Acts 4, 1 through 8. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'll notice, he had already been with them three years. They know what the mission is. They, he's already told them that he came to seek and save the lost. He already told them to go and make disciples. But at this moment, he tells them to wait. Briefly, just wait a moment. Why? Because up until this point, Jesus was with them physically on earth. And Jesus talked about earlier in the scripture that they could do anything as long as he was present with them. But now he's going to leave. And in order for them to fulfill the mission of making disciples, they needed the Holy Spirit in their life. They needed the presence of God with them in some form in some way, in order for them to fulfill the mission. Up until this point, it was Jesus present on earth. But now it had to be the Holy Spirit living within them. If we try, if we know the mission, and we try and go do it without the presence of God in our lives, it's not going to go well. It's not going to go correctly. We have to have the presence of God working in us and through us. Let's continue in verse 6. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? I just, I just love how you constantly read the Gospels and in the Acts and the disciples sometimes still don't get it, which makes the stories of what they do, powered by the Holy Spirit, so much more of a testimony because up until this point, they still, they still don't fully understand. Are you going to restore Israel? Are you going to drive out the Romans? Now, you've died on the cross. You rose from the grave. Now's the time. And he basically says in verse 7, not yet. Don't worry about it. Continue the mission. He said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But here's the mission. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, to Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You will be, you are meant to be filled with the Spirit, to be his witnesses in your home, in your hometown, as a church to Milford, to the, to the high school, for the backpack for Buccaneers. I love that. You're meant to be his witnesses here in your own local community. That's what witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, so the surrounding communities and towns. We're not just limited to there and then to the ends of the earth, wherever God may call you and wherever God may call you to support a mission around the world. 
So the Holy Spirit gives us this deep burden, and we see, we see it. Along with the, with the burden, the second thing the Holy Spirit gives us is a new boldness. The Holy Spirit will give you a new boldness for the gospel. And the boldness is key. Because if we have burden, if we have the burden of the Holy Spirit without boldness, then really there's nothing. If you have burden without the boldness, there's not going to be any action. There's not going to be action steps. We can say, oh, yeah, yeah, that backpack, that's a real good idea. And nobody does it. Then who has helped? Nobody. There has to be action. The boldness is the action. If you have, if you have a lot of boldness without the proper burden, you got the, they're going to get the wrong actions. So those things have to, and they do go together. The Holy Spirit gives us a new boldness. Church, we have to be bold. That's the reality. You know, who, you know who's bold? The devil's bold. The enemy is bold. Trying to drag people away from the presence of the Lord. Scripture says the enemy is like, prowls around like a lion, looking for people to devour. If the enemy is bold and the church is not, the church is shy, you know who loses? Not the, not the church. The lost. The lost lose when the church is not bold, but the enemy is bold. Because they won't hear the truth. They won't hear the gospel. They won't hear the hope. They won't hear the things they need to hear to have eternal life. But you know what's amazing? What's amazing is scripture may say the devil is like a lion prowling around, but our God is a lion. Amen. Our God is the lion of Judah. Amen. And this second portion about boldness, it may offend some people, but that's okay. The gospel can be offensive. Let it be conviction. Let it not be offense. Let it be conviction. Don't hide. Don't think boldness isn't for me because you relate to or you took some online personality test that says you're a phlegmatic or an introvert. Don't, don't hide behind those things. I'm not saying that everybody has to stand up in front of 5,000 like Peter did and preach the gospel, but there has to be a willingness and a readiness to do whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. You may think I'm an introvert and I'm not going to pray for or I'm not going to share the gospel with the random person that I see at Walmart or at Wawa, right? You, you may think, oh, that's not for me. Like I see the Holy Spirit showing me something about them, asking me to go talk to them, pray for them, see if they are in need, but now that, that makes me uncomfortable. I'm not going to do that. That's hiding behind man-made titles and things. And, and those personality tests, they have their place. They're not all garbage. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we can't, you can't hide behind earthly things when God's trying to get you to do heavenly work. Does that make sense? So like the Holy Spirit is the one that empowers us. He's not telling us to go and do things under our own power. If that was the case, then we can hide behind whatever thing we want to hide behind. We can pick and choose the, the, the missions we want to pick and choose. But the Holy Spirit empowers us so we can do whatever he calls us to do. We just have to be obedient to do it. He, he's going to give you the burden. He's going to give you the boldness. Let's, let's see an example of this boldness in Scripture. Acts 4. You can turn the page just once or twice. You're already in Acts, Acts 1. Let's go over to Acts 4. Verse 29. 
Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak the word of God with great what? We'll try it again. Speak the word of God with great what? Amen. Stretch your hand and heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was, was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God how? Boldly. Also in Ephesians 6, verse 19, it says this. This is Paul talking. Pray also for me, and whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me that I will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel. And in the original Greek, that word fearlessly is the same word that's written when we see boldly in Acts 4. What's amazing that, that Jesus says in Luke 12 is that the Holy Spirit gives us the words to say. He says, don't worry about what to say. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. And, and there's, there's two key connections I want to make between these two verses, Ephesians 6 and Acts 4. It's notice what they did in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice what they did before they were filled with great boldness and fearlessness for the gospel. In both instances, they prayed. Paul asked for prayer in Ephesians 6, and they were together as a group praying in Acts 4. Prayer, the presence of God, praying by yourself with, an, with others, others praying for you, you praying for others. We see it in Scripture. You pray to be filled, God comes and he fills. Another connection Notice who, was, notice who was leading these prayers. Notice, notice who was asking. Paul and Peter. Two chapters earlier, what was Peter doing? Peter was standing up in front of the 5,000 preaching. In Acts 2, he was already filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. And he stood up and preached the gospel. Now in Acts 4, it's, it's happening again. Not much, this, this is not like over a long period of time. We're talking about days, maybe weeks of time has passed by. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He prayed for the lame man. He went to jail. He was let out, and they gathered around and prayed. Not a long time. And he just finished this great feat for the gospel, mission for the gospel. And he's saying, and he's in the house, and they're praying, and they're filled again with boldness. Man, in, Acts, in Ephesians 6, Paul's asking, this is after, and the same person that, that wrote the verse Romans 9.3 that we read, the same one that said, I'm willing, I have the burden to trade in my salvation card. And he's saying, pray for me, that I would speak the word of God fearlessly and boldly. Church, there's something I see very simple here, and it's simply to ask. We need to be filled and refilled, be refilled. If Paul and John and Peter are constantly praying for people, or asking people to pray for them to be filled and refilled. I don't know about you, but if Peter needs to be refilled and Paul needs to be refilled, I need to constantly be refilled with the Holy Spirit in order to fulfill the mission. Not just some one-time response, and I had a great experience, and I felt the Holy Spirit come on my life, and I went and did some work for the Lord, and it's like, yeah, man, that was great. No. We go, we're filled, we, we go do some work for the Lord, be refilled again. Get in your prayer closet, be refilled again. Respond to the, to the word of God 
ask, your, ask your, your church leaders, ask people to pray with you, ask your friends to pray for you, that you would be filled again. Constantly ask to be refilled and to be overflowing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the burden. He gives us boldness. And the third thing the Holy Spirit gives us that we're going to talk about today are gifts. 1 Corinthians verse 12, chapter 12, verse 4 through 12 is what we're going to read. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit of a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of those tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Church, we don't, we, don't, we don't determine it. We don't pick and choose. We don't think, I want that, I want that. I'll, I'm willing to do this and that for you, but don't, don't, ask me to, don't ask me to go. Don't ask me to go to that store. Don't ask me to go to that school. Don't ask me to go to that person. I'll talk to this coworker about the gospel to them, Lord. No, don't ask me to go to this country. Don't ask me to do these things for you. No, no, no. The Lord, he distributes to each one as he determines. It's that willingness that I talked about a little bit earlier. Are we willing to just say, here I am, Lord. Use me however you see fit. The willingness, a willing heart. Verse 12, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. If we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we are all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many parts. Worship team, you can come on up. Scripture also lists prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, craftsmanship, mercy, administration as spiritual gifts. I love how it says, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And in Acts 2.17, Scripture says, God will pour his spirit out on all flesh, sons and daughters, all people. There's no, it's Acts 2, and here in in 1 Corinthians 12, the Holy Spirit may give people different gifts, but one spirit within everybody. There's not different versions of the Holy Spirit, so don't think that you're limited based off of your own earthly circumstances. Acts 2 says on sons and daughters. Women, don't think that you're, you're limited on how God can or may use you. 
There's no female version of the Holy Spirit. There's only one version of the Holy Spirit. Don't think that there's a junior version of the Holy Spirit. So because you're young, you have to wait till you're 18 or 21 to do some amazing thing for the Lord. There's no junior version. There's one Holy Spirit that empowers young people just as much as he empowers the mature in age. Don't think based off the culture that you come from, don't think because of your ethnic background, because of the color of your skin, that you, you're limited or put in a specific box on how you can be used for the gospel. One spirit empowers everybody. He determines how you're used. We're not determined how we're used and people can't put earthly labels on how you're used because of how you look or where you come from. If you're willing to say yes, God will use you and however he sees fit and wherever he sees fit, no matter what culture or, or people may determine what they think and how they think you should be used. What I love about the Holy Spirit is how he's the double blessing in our life. We read in Acts 1, what did Jesus call the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, the gift of God will come upon you. But then what does the Holy Spirit do for us? What does the Holy Spirit give us? He gives us gifts. So the gift gives us gifts so that we can work and can fulfill his mission. Jesus laid the mission out perfectly for the, for the disciples. And I want you to imagine it like a nail and a hammer. He gave them the nail. He trained them and showed them exactly what to do and what they should be doing, what they should be working on, to not be distracted by certain things. What exactly, the exact thing they should be working on, he gave them the nail. But then when he left, he didn't just leave them without a hammer. He gave them the Holy Spirit gives the Holy Spirit giving them gifts, the ability, the physical tools to nail in that nail, to complete the work that He laid before them. He laid the work out, and then the Holy Spirit gives us, empowers us to fulfill the mission that Jesus gave you. He empowers you to fulfill the mission that Jesus gives you, to make disciples where you're at where you go in your Jerusalem? Where do you drive on a day-to-day basis? Where do you go to school? Where do you go to work? Where do you go shopping? Who's around you in your Jerusalem that he's called you to make disciples? The worship team is going to go into this song and um, some of the, the leadership at prayer team, if you guys can come forward. You guys can be available. It would be, it would be wrong of me to biblically come up here and preach this message about how the Holy Spirit fills you and empowers you and us to not have a, a, a moment in our response to, to work that out, to live that out and, and to mimic what we see in scripture for it to be for our lives as well. If you've never accepted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, Oh, this, is a, this is a moment because scripture says when, when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we're saved and the Holy Spirit fills us. So during this song, you can feel free to come up to, I'll be up here as well, come up to any of the prayer team. They would love to pray with you. But this, this response time is not just for if you haven't, if you don't know Jesus. Man, this response time is for you, if you relate to, to John and Paul and Peter, and you're like, I want to be refilled. It's been a while. 
I haven't had somebody lay hands on me and pray for me to be bold and strong and filled with the Holy Spirit. I haven't had that happen in weeks. I haven't had that happen in months or maybe I haven't had that happen in years. If it's been years, it's okay. Now's the best time. The, pres- the present is the best time. If, if the apostles needed the constant refilling and overflowing of the Holy Spirit in their lives, we do as well. Lord, thank you for your word and your message. Lord, I pray that that you would draw us closer to you. I pray that you would fill your church, Lord God. Father, would you fill your church with your spirit just as you promised? Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would give us a new boldness today, that when we walk out of here and we leave here, we walk out of here with new eyes, with a new heart to see the people you want us to see, to see the people how you want us to see them, Lord. You would change our hearts toward people. You would help us see people differently that you would change the burden of our heart and that you would increase the burden in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would give us new words. I pray that you would give us new boldness to actually bring action to that burden for the lost. And Lord, I pray that you would fill your church with the gifts that you promised. I pray as they, as they come and they be prayed for, Lord, that you would begin to put dreams and visions in their head of how you want to use them, that you would put dreams and visions in their heart, that they would see themselves being used, that, they, that you would put it on their hearts, what gifts that you're giving them, how they can grow in those gifts, and how, what's, how specifically you want to use them to fill your mission of reaching Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the world to reach Milford, to reach Delaware, to reach our country. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to encourage you that um, this gift of the Holy Spirit, this being filled with the Holy Spirit, it isn't like for this subset of people that are like super spiritual. It's for everybody. It's for everybody who claims Christ. As, as their Lord and Savior. This being filled with the Holy Spirit is, is it's not this fantastical thing that, that like religion has made it out to be. It's to empower us to be his hands and feet. It's, to, it's so that we always know that he's with us. It's God inside of us. That's what the Holy Spirit is. And I just want to encourage you to seek it. To, to pray about it. Ask God, God, what does this mean for me? What would you have me do? Because I believe that he wants everybody to experience this baptism in the Holy Spirit, this being filled with the Holy Spirit. But he's, it's a gift, like Pastor Brandon said, and he's not going to give a gift to somebody who doesn't want it. When we earnestly seek him, he'll give us that gift. And so I want to encourage you, continue to seek it, continue to pray, continue to ask God, God, what do you want from me? God, what, what is this gift? Show me, teach me. So Pastor Brandon, thank you for your word. So good, so timely. Can we give it up for Pastor Brandon right now? It's so awesome. Thanks, man. I want to say one last prayer and then um, we can um, be officially dismissed. But God, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time of, of 
worship through music. Thank you for the time of worship through hearing your word. God, thank you for um, the obedience of Pastor Brandon to, to be able to share this word today. I pray, God, that you would put a desire in us to know you more. You would put a desire in us to pursue your spirit, to pursue being filled by your spirit, God. God, and if, wherever we're at, God, wherever we're at in the room, whether we're really close or whether we're exploring faith, God, like I, I pray that you would continue to draw us nearer to you. Continue to draw us nearer to you, God. We love you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Finally, may our Lord Jesus Christ comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Amen. 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 Thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks for worshiping with us today. Um, we will see you next time. Have a great week.